Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hey everyone, welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Dori Shafrir. I'm Kate Spencer. And we're not experts. We're just two buds. We like to talk about serums. Yeah, we are buds. We're buds. Yeah. Buds on the pod. How's it going, Kate? Dori, it's great. It's great. It's hot here in Los Angeles. Yeah, it sure is. Um, Which I realized to somebody listening in Minnesota or Chicago, it's going to be annoying to hear us complain about it being warm. So you know what? I won't do it. You know, I posted um, the temperature on my Instagram story today and a couple people were recording this in April. Yes. Uh, A couple people in the Midwest responded and said it snowed today. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, we're complaining about it being, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't complaining. I was, I was was more just like, how is, how, wait, it's, it's 91 already. I know. What the fuck? (laughs) Like it just, it just, boggled my mind it was 60 last week i know so good but it's it's gonna it's not gonna stay 91 yeah. but there is um you know what i do love like the evolving of spring 
Like some, yeah. uh, the flowers are starting to bloom in the air. Smells really mm-hmm. good right now. Yeah, just, I walked I walked past some honeysuckle today mm-hmm. and just inhaled it. So I hope whoever, wherever you are listening, that you're having some signs of spring. Or if you're in another hemisphere, some signs of fall. Oh, right. Oh, Our yes. Australian listeners are on the, going the other direction, Yeah, right? they sure are. <sighs> They're so far ahead of us. In every way. In every way. <laughs> um, so... How you doing? Dory, I'm good. I had a positive meeting with a psychiatrist. Oh. And that's my life update. Was that, were you surprised that it went well? I've never had a positive meeting with a psychiatrist. Oh, wow. So you never had a positive uh, meeting with a psychiatrist? No, it's always just felt very brief. Like they haven't really gotten to know me. And then mm-hmm. they just kind of hand me prescriptions. And I, and sometimes have felt unsure about even what they've just handed me and been too scared to actually fill them. Mm. I'm a very cautious pill popper. Mm-hmm. One story I often tell is that my mother, when she was dying, would cut her pain medicine, med- pain pills because she didn't want to get addicted to them. But like she was dying. You know what I mean? I kind of was like, yeah, it's okay. You can like, now's the time to get addicted. But she was very cautious. That's so so New England. So New England. You know, my parents didn't even keep like, like Advil in the house. Like we had nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're just supposed to suck it up. Yeah. It was like we had band-aids. Right. (laughs) You had had a cloth bandage, but... Forbid a but there were spray. no painkillers and certainly no cold medicine. <laughs> oh my God, no. We, we were allowed to have some of that. I, I, d- I don't think I took cold medicine until I was like in college. We didn't really have cold medicine either. No. Like Sudafed or Dayclo. No. No. Yeah. So, so I, my mom was very cautious with medicine. Mm. So that's how I am. So like once a psychiatrist gave me a clonopin prescription, and I was too scared to fill it because oh. I was too, I was thought it would take it and I would be like high all day. Now I'm kind of like, I wish I had that clonopin. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this psychiatrist was really thoughtful and asked me a lot of questions and I felt like I could have kind of a back and forth conversation with her as opposed to just kind of someone telling me what to do and I could ask questions and it was very comfortable. I love that. Um, and so I feel good about that. That's great. It was positive. I'm, I'm very happy for you. It was you. a good step in my mental health, which has been kind of frazzly lately. Yeah, which we're going to be talking about more later in this episode. That's the topic of today. Yeah. But before we do, tell us about your Broadway dance class. <laughs> because I have to be honest with you. I've actually like in my brain closed my eyes and imagined you dancing to Broadway music. And it's hard to picture. So, Kate. I got to go to this class and watch you. I... I I like to dance. Me too. I think this is I I do too. But like I'm 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 past the age where I'm going to go clubbing. Not that I ever really went clubbing. Um and I haven't like taken a dance like a like a regular dance class since I was probably like 12 or 13 years old. Um but I did take dance for a long time as a child. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I took ballet and jazz for like six or seven years. Oh, wow. And then at camp, we always did Israeli dancing. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, it's a thing. Oh, cool. It's like folk dancing. Right, okay. Basically, um, but to like nationalistic songs in Hebrew. That sounds fun. It's really fun. Um, and you you learn some dancing. 
And I'd been talking with some friends recently about how we wanted to try a dance class here in LA. And I'd been kind of looking around and I saw there's a there's a somewhat new studio in Beverly Hills in the former um, location of Richard Simmons's studio. Very sad. Very sad, but, you know, a vaunted legacy. Yes, and now there's been a rebirth. Indeed, and it is owned by Kim Herjavec. Who is married to... Robert Herjavec. Who is a shark tank. He is a shark. He's a shark on the tank. He's a shark on the tank. One who I'm attracted to. Oh, interesting. (laughs) He's handsome. He's small. I don't mind. Um, And she was on Dancing with the Stars. And they fell in love. And they fell in love. And she opened this dance studio called The Bod. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, I I forgive that. Right. So I was looking at their schedule and they have a, they did Broadway dance class. Now, I'm not a Broadway person. (laughs) Like I've gone, I've seen musicals. Right. But I know what you mean. You're not a a super fan. I'm not a super fan. You've been seen Hamilton 27 times. No, I've seen it once. Right. Um, I've, I couldn't tell you what the songs in like carousel are <laughs> you know what i mean like right, the, you're not like a sondheim no of, like okay. the like the the canon i am pretty much unfamiliar with the musical theater canon but i mean could you sing all of rent no i oh, could wow. sing 600 minutes i could sing that for okay. like but not but you didn't go but not know all the world rent words. phase i saw rent okay I on had, broadway like, a, a legit phase where i was like no kind of i did crazy. not have a rent phase i've never seen phantom of the so opera what are you dancing to in broadway <gasps> okay class? great question so but i was like you know what this seems like it will have a good vibe have a good energy so I show up for the first time last week, and it was taught by a really great teacher. The vibe was, dare I say, amazing. I also <laughs> just can I reveal you were texting me before it started, and like some people were coming in in flashy outfits. Oh yes, there was a woman who came in in a red sequin dress and like knee high boots, and she was like, "Hello." I'm here. She like actually said that. I mean, like kind of, and everyone was like, "Oh!" Like everyone was like thrilled What's to see the her. Age range. Well, this is also amazing. It's like people in college, I think, up to women in their seventies. I might have to come to this if you don't mind. There's some men. Awesome. Um, they're like the it. It, it is. Age-wise, it is the most diverse crowd of uh, most diverse workout class I've been to in Los Angeles, and some of these people you can tell were like actual dancers yeah. at one point. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, he played some s- song from Newsies. Oh, <laughs> you loved it. Loved it. Um, and are you doing like jazzy Broadway dance moves? It's like Broadway dance moves. So there's like a whole warm up with like some Broadway dance moves. I, I mean, the first class I was a little, I, I was a little behind, I think. Um, but I was getting it. I wasn't like totally out of it. And then there was some West Side Story. That's what I've been asking. Like, when you're a jet, you're a jet. All that. What did you do? There was no. I think it was a different song. 
but like couldn't tell you what the song That's was. Okay. Um, Anything goes. Okay. Um, yeah. So you're going to become a Broadway fan. So I went to this class and I was like, this is it. This is my new thing. And then I went again on Thursday night. That's awesome. And I loved it. And then I bought a 10 pack of classes. Oh <laughs> You're on board. <laughs> Kate, this is my thing now. I love it so much. I do Broadway dance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love dance and I would never danced as a kid. And so I've only kind of gotten to it as an adult. And it's such an, it feels so good to move your body. It feels so good. And, and you're like in it together, yeah. but not in a way that feels weird and the teacher is so encouraging he's a good teacher it and sounds like it's a supportive kind it's of safe a really space. supportive safe space you should totally come with me sometime i will be it is embarrassing to watch me move my body no i mean i i say that with love for myself yes i don't have rhythm it's okay but i would like to get it yeah and you know what i still have time you totally have time. And d- did you feel, are there people in the class who have no idea? You know how there's like always somebody walking in the wrong direction in a dance class? Maybe that's often me. You know, I was so, I feel like I was just so focused on like following the steps that I wasn't really paying attention to like the people around me. And did you then go home and make like a playlist of the music? Like, do you now enjoy I some did. Broadway music? Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know what else to put on this. <laughs> So there's only like five songs on it. I saw you like Instagrammed a photo of yeah, Newsies. Yeah, of Newsies. Yeah. Yeah, because he played that song from Newsies. Well, you know, my husband is a big musical theater. Oh, I know. Um, fan and creator. Yes. So he could make you a playlist. I would love a playlist. Yeah, he could hook you up. And so could our friend so could Danielle. Danielle. Yep. Danielle could really. Yeah. 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 Maybe they can. Maybe we need to have a musical theater episode of this class. Oh. Uh. You we can just get... dance in the corner the whole time. Oh, that would be delightful. I think that's so great, Dory. I also feel like it, it's, um, as your friend, I'm just going to observe, it's different than what you normally, like it's a different way for you to express yes. yourself and get out energetically. And that must feel really good. It feels great. So we'll see how this goes. I mean, again, I've only been to two classes, <laughs> but I feel really good about it. And I also... I'm so annoyed with class pass right now. I've never done class pass. They are like kings of the bait and switch. They like started really cheap and then they just keep increasing the price and in a way that just feels yucky. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to buy classes from the bod. Yeah. Go to the bod. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyone who wants to come to the bod with me. You know what? And hey, if anyone has like good dance, good show tunes for Dory. Yes. Because I've gotten such amazing music recommendations from listeners of this podcast. Yeah. Hit me with the show tunes. I, you know, I love a ballad, but I also love something up-tempo. Is it? Yeah. I was going to say, are you dancing to the slow songs? Well, the, the, the cool down is to the slow, oh. so the slow song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love uh, Sunday in the Park with George. Couldn't tell you what that sounds like. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. no. Um, Dory, can I just give a one music recommendation? Yes. The new Casey Musgraves album, Golden Hour. Mm, I do like Casey Musgraves, Mm, but mm, I haven't listened mm, to her new album mm, yet. mm. It's just real chill country and I'm into it. Great. Just want to throw that out there. (sighs) Listen, call us up and give Dory music recommendations. At at 781 
591-0390. Yes, please. Um, you can also email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And our website is forever35podcast.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter there. Yep. We'll have another one coming out in May. In May. Um, and then we are also doing a listener survey. Mm-hmm. And we would love it if you guys could fill that out. I don't know if people are aware, but we are an independent podcast. We are. And we're not on a network. We sell our own ads. We're doing it all ourselves. We're women just doing it for ourselves. So it would help us a ton if you could fill out this survey. It's at forever35podcast.com slash survey. It helps us learn more about you and get feedback on the podcast. Yes. So it would be great. So please do that. We would love you for it. Um, And if you like the show, please also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, it's great if it's five stars. I mean, give us I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, any review would be great. And uh, yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at Forever 35 Podcast and on Twitter at Forever 35 Pod. And I think on that note, we're going to take a little break. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince, because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune, I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E 
com slash forever 35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever 35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I I, don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it, like, the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like, get this off of me. <laughs> 
No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. So um, I recently spoke on the podcast about my challenges with my mental health yeah. and my anxiety. Yeah. And we received so many messages. So about many. It, which I just want to say thank you for making a gal feel less alone. Oh, I mean, that that's what nice. podcasting is all about. I guess it is. Yeah. Um, and so we thought we would talk a little bit about our own struggles with mental health, what we've yeah. done, what we've experienced. Um, and the truth is, Dorian, and I don't have any. See you guys next week. <laughs> oh, as we laugh. Okay, um, you. I know. <laughs> so I, I don't know about you, but I, in hindsight, for me, anxiety and obsessive compulsive behavior are the things that I deal with mm-hmm. and have been, I now am able to see since I was a kid. Mm. and it wasn't until I was a bit older that I actually like sought help my mom kind of was like let's figure this out but it still did it didn't get solved I mean I don't know if you ever solve it that's the wrong word but um it's taken a very long time Mm -hmm. and is a work in progress I don't feel like I have anything figured out Mm -hmm. um but I definitely have some practices but that's my kind of history with with my uh with my mental stuff yeah. Yeah. And the anxiety for me, as I think, and the, and the compulsive or the obsessive behavior and thoughts go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And it feels, I think I mentioned this, like chronic, like, so I'll have a flare up almost like some days I have it or some weeks and months I have it really under control. And then certain circumstances trigger things or something's I'm stressed or there's something going on and it is really bad. So it comes and goes and I it can kind of be misleading for me where I think I'm like, oh, I've solved it. And then I'm like, oh no, it was just sleeping. And yeah. now the beast hath risen. Risen? Yeah. Risen. Also risen. The beast hath risen. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's that's me. So I, I, I struggled with depression mm. as an adolescent and I would say through most of college and also developed like what I think was now, like now in retrospect, I think like pretty bad body dysmorphia. Mm. Um, And I think my skin picking is also related to that. Yes. Kind of obsessing about one body part or one aspect of my appearance and like really fixating on it and just kind of, you know, body dysmorphia just means that you have a completely, your, your perception of yourself is just completely out of line with reality. And I think it's, it's definitely something that is like flared up at different times. Um, and 
it's like, but I think it's like a, it's a, it's a lifelong struggle, I think. And also, as I've talked about on the podcast before, I've had night terrors for right. like 15 years. Um, and they don't really know what causes those, but like, I think it's probably related to like anxiety and stuff. Yeah. I think like I'm in a better place than I have been in a long time. I feel lucky that I'm in a position where I am able to seek help, mm -hmm. you know, and because not, not everyone can afford it. Not everyone has access to it. Um, you know, especially in this country, like it's not great. No. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have great mental health services. Um, and still I think mental health, in addition to that, there's like still serious, a taboo vibe about mental health mm -hmm. in America, uh, culturally. I think the other thing that is important for people who like, for people who have never been to therapy or maybe never been on antidepressants, sometimes the first therapist doesn't work for you. Dory, can I jump in here? Yeah. I didn't realize, I knew therapists were trained differently, but yeah. I don't think I ever gave much thought to the fact that the way a different therapist, what they practice, how it could affect how they connect with me and me with them. Right. And I think, did I tell you this? off the air already. Sorry, I don't know if I'm repeating myself, but when I saw the psychiatrist, I was telling her about my old therapist who was in the same building and how we had had kind of, not a falling out, but it had ended in a way that I really didn't like. And when I told her the circumstances, she was like, oh, that makes sense. That therapist is a psychoanalyst and you should be seeing a cognitive behavioral therapist because you deal with anxiety. Now, this was her recommendation. I'm not saying that if you, right. you, know, you shouldn't see a psychoanalyst if you have therapy, but she was just kind of saying like, that would, that makes sense. It might not, you, you might not have worked well together. And yeah. that, I never dawned on me. Right. And so I, I think like you have to find a therapist, like you have to find a romantic partner. You have to date around yep. and you have to break up with the ones that don't work. I also yep. once had a therapist fall asleep on me in a session. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it was bad. And then I still, because I am so afraid of confrontation, I still kept going to them. Oh my God. Yeah. She fell asleep. That's crazy. And then she like startled and was like, oh, I think I just, I'm sorry. I just fell asleep there for a minute. And I was like, okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, you sometimes, and, and I think especially if you're depressed or, you know, or if it's taking you a long time to seek help and then your first experience is not a great one, yeah. it's really easy to just give up. Totally. And to you, I would say, don't give up. Um, and a lot of people ask us how to find a therapist. I think referrals are great, but also I know a lot of people who have found really good therapists just by going to Psychology Today's website. Oh, because you can like search for therapists who specialize in whatever you're dealing with. Um, so whether it's anxiety or 
let's say like codependency or depression or bipolar disorder, whatever, like you can find someone who specializes in that and um, just kind of read about them. And they have like a little bio on there. And I think most therapists will do a phone call with you before you actually go to them to, you know, and spend money. Um, And there's actually, I think a lot you can tell from a phone call and spend 15 minutes on the phone with them. And if you hang up the phone and you're like, mm, then don't go to them. Like, doesn't matter. They, they don't, they won't take it personally. No, they won't. And um, also, um, if you have insurance, finding a therapist who's on your insurance uh, is very helpful financially. Um, a lot of insurance will cover out of network, but it's yeah. not as great. But there's also organizations that can provide therapy on a sliding scale, Yeah, which is what I did for all of my uh, that's how I found an amazing therapist in New York city. Um, so there, I would, I do think it can be accessible. It's it just as it requires some research to find an affordable solution. Sometimes I think there's also, I have not personally looked into this, but I think there are, if you live in, um, like a university town that has a graduate program in therapy or social work, there will often be uh, graduate students who have to see patients mm-hmm. as part of their education. Um, so that could be also be something to look into and it's either free or, or very low cost to see those people. So what are some, and this might not apply to you actually, I don't, because you're dealing with stuff that's different than what I'm dealing with. I've made some, a lot of lifestyle changes to, to help manage my anxiety. So self, so a self-care routine that, that mm-hmm. does contribute to making it better. Mm-hmm. Have you done something similar? Well, I just find that it helps me to be active physically. Um, but I'm not, I'm not as focused on working out as I used to be. I'm actually like in the last, I think, especially since starting IVF, like, a big part of my self-care, both mental and physical health has just been like being kind to my body. And so that means like not getting upset or mad at myself for missing a day or two of workouts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and I've also in the last couple of months, I've really gotten into this intuitive eating stuff. Oh, you got to teach me about intuitive eating. And it like it feels it feels really good and I'm not as um I'm not as obsessive about food and focused on what I'm eating and I don't weigh myself anymore and that's that's like for someone who has historically been like had disordered eating issues Mm -hmm. that kind of goes along with all of the body dysmorphia and et cetera, et cetera. Like that's big for me. Yeah. That's really freeing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I feel good about that. Can you tell us about your Wellbutrin and therapy? Yes. So I've been on Wellbutrin for a while, like over a decade. Oh, that's awesome. Um, So what you're saying is it's worked for you. It has worked for me. This whole idea that, you know, we should be resilient and, you know, not be on meds and just be tough and figure it out. Like, I'm over that. Yeah, I'm with you. 
Well, figuring it out is sometimes realizing that medication will help you. Yes. I mean, I'm certainly have come back to that again and again. Yes. Where I have, I was on Lexapro a couple years ago and I went off and I just went back on a new SSRI um, because there's this realization that like, I can't do this on my own because Mm -hmm. I, you know, I listed here like all the life changes I've made, which am I perfect at sticking to them? No, but I like, I've definitely, you know, I've, I've quit coffee for the most part. I still sneak it now and then, but like I changed caffeine was really increasing my anxiety. Mm. That was a big problem for me in college when I was drinking like soda at every meal. And I went to the (laughs) school doctor and the first thing this man said was like, do you have consumed caffeine? He's like, that will make your anxiety worse. And it's true for me, especially it just triggers my anxiety. Um, I exercise, I have a better diet. Yeah. Um, I practice meditation. I practice yoga. I've been in therapy and I've also, you know, I'll, I have had prescriptions for Ativan for a lot of my Mm. anxiety and, um, which I am ceasing at the moment. Um, but part of it, but, but I think medicine for some people, all can, that's part of your regimen. Yeah. It, it has to be. It has to be. Yeah. Um, so that's very empowering for me. Yeah. To try. Yeah. That's, I mean, and, we'll see how it goes. You know, we'd love to hear from you guys. What's, what's working for you? What do you struggle with? Do you have advice for people who are, you know, starting to figure this out? And yeah. What are the, what are the questions that you have? Like, th- I feel like this is a topic that we will come back to a lot. I mean, we, I feel like we've already come back to it and it's just an ongoing thing that like I want to talk about and I think people should be open about talking about and I want to normalize the conversation around mental health. Yes, because it's, uh, it's something we suffer through very quietly, mm-hmm. I think, um, and don't talk about. I think because as I mentioned last time, sometimes it can feel like what you're describing makes no sense to a friend. You know, it's hard yeah. to put into words a lot of time the the uh, pain that we're in yep. or the challenges that we're feeling. Or you so. can, you know, it's, I think it's also easy to dismiss it mm-hmm. and say like, well, my life is pretty good. I should, you know, I should be grateful for what I have, which that can be true. Yeah. You can be grateful for what you have and still also be depressed. Yeah. It's very true. So, <sighs> mm. um, so anyway, so mental, mental health is a big part of self care. Like yes. making sure your, uh, your mental health is taken care of. It's oh, huge. I just also want to say Maria Bamford is my, one of my favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. And she talks about her mental health in such an accessible and funny way. It is the best. I would 100% recommend listening to Maria Bamford. Great. I love that. Watch any of her stand-up specials or her show. Um, And we're going to take another break now. Let's do it. And now here's our guest, Amy Spaulding. Our guest today is Amy Spaulding, who I have to just say, you look so effing cool. Your lips are red. Your glasses are gold. Your hair is pink. 
your necklace is yellow it's a whole color story <laughs> your dress is cats um amy i'm just gonna read a quick bio that i kind of ripped off of your website that's what it's there for good well thank just you for doing introductions. the work. yeah honestly you know what that these is days 2018 yeah. Amy Spalding grew up in St. Louis, but now lives in the better weather of Los Angeles. She has a BA in advertising and marketing communications from Webster University and an MA in media studies from the New School. Amy also studied improv at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. By day, she manages the digital media team for an indie film advertising agency. And by later day and night, Amy writes and performs and pets as many cats as she can. Um, now, Amy is the author of six young adult novels with um, one coming out. It's already out. It's out. When this, well, yeah, the this, fifth one's out, and then the sixth one will come out in 2020. So you've written six books. That's a lot. That's a Damn. lot of books. And your most recent book that just came out that I have in front of me is The Summer of Jordi Perez and the Best Burger in Los Angeles, which New York Times bestselling author Julie Murphy called the queer fat girl rom-com of my dreams, which is a wonderful endorsement oh my god it was like a dream come true and um jordy perez which i am in the middle of reading and i'm very swoony about has been featured on a ton of lists i'm going to read you a few book riots most anticipated lgbtq books of 2018 hypable's most anticipated queer ya books of 2018 and barnes and noble's bn teen blogs most highly anticipated lgbtq aya of 2018 that's a lot so, of lists. That's a lot of lists. That's so lists. awesome, though. Thank you. That's gotta, really exciting. It's got to feel kind of cool. It's real. Yeah, I'm not used to it. I feel like you're, like all creative life is just being like, oh God, I should be doing more. Mm. Yeah. I don't. Nobody knows. Am I? <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? What should I do more of or less of? And this is like, oh, things are just kind of going okay. This is weird. What is the? I have not had a chance to read the book. Um, what can you tell us a little bit about? kind of what the story is and who Jordy is and yeah so my book is called <laughs> we're gonna go through it again everyone well, it's a good summer title. of Jordy Perez and the best burger in Los Angeles and it's a romantic comedy about a 17 year old girl named Abby who's super into fashion she runs a plus-size blog she dreams of getting into the industry you know as soon as she's done with high school and college and she gets a prized internship at her favorite local boutique normally the internship just like automatically rolls into a part-time job in the fall but this year, there's two interns, and only one of them is going to get the part-time job in the fall. <gasps> and the other intern is a girl who goes to her school that she's never really known, named Jordi Perez, who is undeniably very cute. So, I mean, I'm like, supposed, yeah, yeah. supposed <laughs> competition, but really, let's be real. Yeah, it's just, it's just so swoony. It just gives it me like great. pitter-patter heart, pitter-patter heart feelings. And I also really love that Abby's mom... Um, is this like obnoxious food influencer, which is like the specifics of it are so funny. Like it's a, she's a healthy food blogger essentially. And it will just like, I just get little side oh. LOLs when anytime Abby talks about her mom and her like lettuce cup tacos. It's so <laughs> funny. Cause like so many of those things I genuinely do like, but they're also stupid and ridiculous you know, or like, is... they don't really substitute for that thing. It's much more of like, a, I need to eat healthy tonight. Like what should I do? Mm. And then you go on a healthy food blog yeah, exactly. Like eat healthy with Nora. And someone is recommending cauliflower rice, which doesn't taste the same. No. 
And here's the thing, thing. I love cauliflower, but it is not rice. No, No. it's not. It's not bread for a grilled cheese. No, it's not a pizza crust. It's not a pizza crust. (laughs) I know. Uh, So um, I, one thing we were talking about when you were coming in is the fact that you have a day job and you have an after day and night job. Yeah. And so you're balancing a nine to five and then a creative job, a creative career, which has no set hours. So how do you, one, like, how do you set yourself up for that so that it is success, so that you can succeed, like that you actually accomplish what you're setting out to do and you're able to be present in your, your work day job and present in your writing life? And then like, what do you implement in terms of self-care to kind of make sure you're able to handle two workloads? Well, it's, it's hard because sometimes it's really easy because for a lot, as you know, writing is one of those things that, you know, you get a book deal and it's for two years away and you wait six months for notes and you're kind of like, I'm good. I get to count myself as a writer, but I don't have to do anything right now. And so then if my day job is very busy, it kind of doesn't matter because as long as I like show up on social media and like respond to things and be nice or grateful if people are, you know, nice enough to tweet nice things at me, et cetera, it's fine. I can juggle that. It's not that much, but you can't always control when things come in. And when I started really trying to become a writer for serious, I was an assistant. It was a mindless job. You don't have that many real responsibilities. It was much easier. And of course, you don't make <laughs> much money as an assistant. So I kept like, okay, well, I need to like get further in my day job to make more money because, you know, I'm not making money from writing yet. And so I found myself by the time I got published, I was like the senior manager of a department. And I'm like, oh, this is not really what I. <laughs> When I imagined doing this, I was going to do like assistant stuff and then have a writing career and it's going to work out. And then it has. And then it has. But it definitely it gets harder for sure because I can't always put something down. And so I think it's just trying to be present for whatever thing is in front of me. I work in film marketing, so we just got through Academy season. And so like there were just plenty of days of that where I'm like, I can't think about my book right now, even though it's like coming out in three months. Yeah. I need to win some Academy Awards. And did you? I did. <gasps> I mean, not personally. Right. But sure. the films that you the films worked I worked on, on there were there were Academy Awards. So and how do the people at your job and your boss feel about you? Like, Is there ever that feeling of like, oh, she's going to focus too much on her writing career and not on work at, at her job? I have to say previous employers, yes. And I didn't even have a book deal. They're just like, you have an agent, you're going to try to leave. One of my jobs, they were like, oh, you're trying to edit a book at lunch. You don't care about this job. I'm like, what? It's my lunch. And also, I feel like people have so many other interests that no one is like concerned Policing. about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy plays sports every weekend. Is he going to try to leave and like get on a baseball <laughs> team? No one thinks that. And it's really weird with like writing or acting or performing. People get so like, oh, is this what you want to do? Why are you here? But my current job is so supportive and like company wide, it's supportive. So I don't have to sneak around, I don't have to treat it like it's some weird secret. I don't have to like hide the fact that there are days where I'm just like, uh, we're slow here. I need to focus a little more on book stuff right now. So it's been really, I feel like that is one of the, one of the secrets you kind of can't control is that it helps if everyone there cares about you and supports you and you don't have to hide it. But also you don't necessarily, you can't like when you're interviewing be, I also want to be a writer. Are you guys going to be cool if I sometimes don't care about this as much? Yeah, and they're fine. Yeah. But I just feel very fortunate. I mean, it's why I've been at my current job for six years, and it's a lot of why. 
And how do you, in terms of, do you have any like care routines that you implement in order to keep your sanity when things are very busy in both both parts of your life? Yeah, I try to, the thing I've really tried to do is, is like give myself a break whenever I can. I noticed it was uh, not this book, my, my last book, The New Guy. I had, I had the book due and work was really, really busy and busy in a way where it was taking my brain space too. So even when I got home at night, I was like, I have nothing left to give. And I kept thinking like, I'm never going to make this deadline. And I was putting guilt on myself every day and just feeling like, oh, I'm not good at this anymore. How can I keep going? And then like my day job let up and it was like everything came back. I remember I sat down at a coffee shop on a Saturday and just like pounded out, you know, like thousands and thousands of words. I was like, oh, it's all there. Mm. And I stressed over this and made myself feel terrible for like for nothing because it all worked out and I still made my deadline. So my thing is really to try again, like try to stay focused on what's in front of me. And as long as like I'm not at the end of a deadline yet to like beating myself up is not helping. So mm-hmm. I try to sort of be like kind to myself and like look at the reality. And then I like on the flip side, sometimes I have to be like a it's so easy to be like, you know, I had a busy day. I should be really kind to myself and just watch Grey's Anatomy again and have some snacks and then go to bed early. It's that's a great night for me. So I think I also have to like be kind enough to be like, hey, no, no, you have to get something done. This is actually due. It Ugh. doesn't matter. So it's sort of like, I don't know. I feel like I'm always looking for the like the happy medium between, you know, like self-care and wallowing. Like I don't want to or just like being lazy. So yeah. I was just in a, I'm in a deep rewatching of Sex in the City. Oh, that sucks me in. So if I can't even like watch five minutes of the pilot or it's that oh. that I'm on every one. Yeah, I'm now I just finished season one in like a week. It's their episodes are 20 minutes. So you just kind of crank them out. Oh, and yeah. they're so good. They're so good. And I've never watched Grey's, which I feel like is a bad move. I should watch it. It's 15 years worth of show, though. Right. And I mean, you can you can quit at so many different points okay. where there's so many like parts where it starts to go worse. And so you could be like, this is it for me and stop. Or like me, you can be like, no, I'm in it till the end. I don't care <laughs> who who joins that I don't care about. Like, there's so many characters that I'm like, I have no interest in you at all. I have actively, I'm like repelled by you being on screen, but I'm not giving up on the show. I'm just in it till Shonda says goodbye. I feel like Shonda's never going to say goodbye. I know. Why would she? I don't, I, I don't know. I also feel like Grey's, if someone hasn't written a Grey's Anatomy, a self-care essay, it must exist, I right? I feel like exist. that people, so many people rely on yeah. that show specifically as kind of like a re- release. Well, relief. the funny thing is too, like I did, like at one point I quit because there was such a stupid plot line that I was like, I can't. And then when it showed up on Netflix, like a while back, I was like, oh, that's still on. I wonder what would happen if I watched it now. And what <laughs> happened was I like did not leave my couch. I was just like, <laughs> give me the next one. So like rewatching it, I was like, oh, there's a lot of good things about it, actually, that I'd sort of like dismissed just because it's like so like female point of view. It's so diverse. It's so like ambition is a good trait. It doesn't have to be separate from like love or yeah. sex or motherhood or anything, which I, I'm like, oh, why is this revolutionary still? This is so sad. Yeah. That's okay. I'm on board. I'm basically always just like everyone watch Grey's because on one hand, it's great. And on the other, it's real stupid. And we need to talk about both sides of that all yeah. the time. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um, I am wondering what you what advice would you give someone who 
is a creative person but can't support themselves with their creative endeavors, wants a day job, doesn't know where to start, um, what would you what would you tell them? I would tell them first of all, like don't think you are some kind of failure for mm. needing a day job. I feel like that's what I hear so often are people like, oh, I have to do this because, you know, if I was a better writer, there's so many good writers who cannot support themselves. Yeah. And also it like when you look at where some people live who support themselves writing and where like I live, it's like Los Angeles is really expensive right. and I'm single, I'm paying all my own bills. Like I can't just I would need so much money to live comfortably in Los Angeles and to like buy all the lipsticks I want to, et cetera. Ooh, so we'll like, get to that. We'll get to it. All right. <laughs> um, so, so first of all, I'm like, just take the pressure off yourself. If you yeah. need to make money in another way, there's nothing wrong with it. I was on a panel at Festival of Books the other year and someone's like, when did you guys quit your jobs and become real writers? And I was like, oh, this is my fourth book. Do you think I'm a real writer? And everyone in the audience was like, yeah. I'm like, I still have a day job and I probably never can quit it because I have a lot of student loan debt. And everyone was like, oh, I'm like, that shouldn't yeah. be a revelation. But I'm I'm happy for people to realize that it's more common. Yes. Or a lot of the people who are full-time writers, it's because they might live somewhere much more reasonable or you know, they might be married to someone who has the income mm-hmm. to let them do it. And so there's there's nothing wrong with any of those paths. So so first of all, take the pressure off yourself. And I would say for me, it's good to have a day job that's not strictly creative. Like there are creative yeah. aspects to it, but it's a lot of math. It's a lot of just negotiation, a lot of Excel spreadsheets. And so I feel like I get to save that little part of myself. And so when I get home and it's time to write, I still have like creative juice to burn and mm-hmm. not just – well, I thought of all these strategies for my office, and now I can't think of characters. Right. So I like I like the balance. Can I ask a question about the book? Yeah. Um, because I think body positivity I, I, I has come up a lot on our podcast, yeah. especially as it's something that I'm feel like I'm personally trying to figure out how to be more accepting of myself and like not encourage negative speak about myself and everything and one thing I love about Abby the main character in this book is that she feels very one she is there's kind of a nice body positive message but it's not self-serious it's very matter of fact was that your intention did you go in and work that in like just I'm curious about about creating the character and her point of view on herself and also dealing with other people in the world who are not coming from the same place as her Yeah, I knew I really wanted to write about a fat character and have like have her be the lead and have it not be like an issue. I definitely didn't want her to lose weight or in some way be like, well, I have to change myself to be lovable. Because a it's just it's not realistic. I have so many friends who are fat, who are like super accomplished or, you know, married to really attractive people and like have kids and like careers. And like, when I look at myself, I'm like, I have two successful careers. And yet, like, if you watched, like, a romantic comedy, you'd be like, well, that fat woman's getting nowhere until she, like, loses weight. And then they'll take her seriously at the office. It's, like, not how my life has been. So I really wanted to write a book that I felt was, like, actually accurate in that if you have confidence and you're good at what you do, like, people will still like you and support you. And it's not, like, an in spite of. But at the end of the day, it's still really weird because like most most of my friends are thin. And so like I still remember like I was talking to a friend about dating in L.A. And I'm like, it's just weird. Like 
when you're fat, you just like worry about what people are thinking. And she's like, Amy, I'm like a size eight. And in LA, that's basically the same thing. So big compared to like an actress. And I'm like, it's just not the same thing. And I get what, but the thing was, I also, I'm like, I get what you're saying. Cause she's like dealing with the same things I am, but it's to such a smaller degree. Yeah. yeah. So I also kind of wanted to write about how it feels when people are like, no, but I love you when I get you and you're great. I'm like, right. But the world doesn't think that. And I kind of need you to like back me on that. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's always this weird divide of like people within my own world, honestly, really great for the most part. But then it's the whole like, there's certain ways I don't want to put myself out there. There's certain things that I'm like, you know, a girl I knew would say things like, "Ugh, if I even gave, gained five pounds, I'll be so ugly, I shouldn't go in public. And she was like a size two. And I was like, oh, cool. What do you think about me? She's like, oh, well, it's different than you. And I'm like, right. But when you say that, that's all I hear is, oh, I'm much larger than you. And I should maybe never be in public then. So it's the whole people can be really nice to you and then really rude in general about size or about themselves. And it makes you think like, oh, what are you thinking about me? Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to get into all of that. But I also I hate anything that's like a very special episode or like, (laughs) you know, some kind of like homework lesson on like, why should fat people be taken seriously? Like, I definitely gave I felt like I gave Abby some of my like as a 40 year old what I've learned, like, let's just have her know it because I didn't want to write a girl who hated herself or hated her Mm -hmm. body. But I also didn't want to shy away from it does come up in weird ways. Yeah. You handle it so well. It's It feels so, I don't know what the right word is. Not honest sounds really cheesy, but it just, it, it, I love the way that she handles it and, and deals with it throughout the book. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely, I worked really hard to try to make it, uh, like strike that balance because it's still a romantic comedy too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, you can deal with some serious things, but you also don't want it to turn into like, again, a really dramatic scene or dark or strange. So I don't know. I loved I loved Julie Murphy's Dumplin'. I don't know if you've read that mm-hmm. book. Ugh, I love it. But that that I read after I maybe like written half of my book. And I was so inspired by it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, she she went there, really turned these things inside out. There's no reason I can't keep doing this too. So yes, I love so, it. So great. Um, I have another, I have a lot of questions. I'm a little excited. <laughs> is fat, so you're wearing a really cool dress with cats all over it. Thank Your you. author picture, I think is also, also a, cool a different dress cat dress. Cats. And the character in this book is like a fashion obsessed t- and, and knowledgeable about fashion, like gets it, is passionate about it. This is very stylish. Is fashion a form of self-care? Can it be? Like if someone, if, like for you as someone who, like your like your hair like for me I feel like a, kind of a wallflower like for me fashion makes me feel comfortable hiding, but is it and that's self care for me I don't know if that makes any hmm. sense. Oh, gotta go to the therapist. <laughs> <laughs> but can for you and is your love of fashion part of self care for you? I absolutely think it is. For a long time, plus size clothes were so hard to find that yeah. were cute. It was like Lane Bryant, and that was kind of it. And I was like, you know, 20, 21, was not wanting to shop at Lane Bryan, but it was like my option. And then suddenly there were like better stores and cuter stores and the internet. And I could dress like how I actually wanted to. And I I think I sort of had, you worry that you shouldn't take up too much space or be really loud. And I don't know, at a certain point, I was like, 
well, no, but I just want to like look the way I want to look. And so, yeah, it is absolutely self-care for me. And I also, I definitely see it as sort of like a fuck you to um, beauty standards to like traditional beauty standards. The whole idea of like, you know, the right way to dress if you're if you wear plus sizes is like everything should be minimizing and dark. And, you know, like mm. they literally make those dresses that are like black at the edges. So you like can't tell where your body is. Do you know what I mean? Like no. it's like a color block where like the sides oh, are like a darker color. So you like disappear. Right. Or it's like the stripes will be yeah. slimming. Or, and yeah. there's something about like, oh, no, I don't really care. I just like this dress. I'm the size I am. It's fine. I don't know. I feel that I feel really powerful about that. Also, because. I mean, I don't think like cats on dresses are ever going to be like on trend in a certain way. What if though? So I, oh my God. I, well, <laughs> part of it, I just had a visceral reaction of like, but oh no, that's my thing. What if it was popular? That's, it's like my 1990s teenager coming out I still know of like, I'm sorry if it's not on the alternative station. I don't listen to it. Like ridiculous. But yeah, there's something fun about being like, this is not for anyone else. This yeah. is just for me. And also like people, I showed up at this party at West Hollywood last year forgetting that like I hardly ever go like west of Fairfax and everyone was like wearing like a black bodycon dress and looked amazing and I was like oh I was wearing like a pale blue dress that had kittens on it I'm like what <laughs> why did I do this like I'm so bad at like knowing how to be like like the I always like I worry I'm like oh, I'm the wrong kind of woman I don't know how to do it like I don't know how to like I don't even own a dress like that I wouldn't know where it came from and like all these women came up and were just like, oh my God, I love your dress. Yeah. Where'd you get it? I, and like wanted to talk to me about it. And it was a really good lesson to be like, you don't have to try to do this other thing you don't want to do. And you also know you're not good at like, yeah. just do the thing you want to do. And people, people like it and people respond. Yeah. So it's, it's a good lesson. That's really powerful. That is a good lesson. Amy, you are a lipstick connoisseur. I love lipstick, but it just started a few years ago, actually. Like, it's not a long ranging thing. It's just like when I made the change, I made it like so hard and then I like never veered off course. And what happened was my assistant at the time came in wearing this like amazing shade of red lipstick. And I was like, oh, my God, I love that lipstick. I love everything about it. It looks so great. You should wear it every day. How amazing. And I like couldn't stop talking about it. So she it was like a week before Christmas and she bought it for me for Aww, Christmas. It's a nice person. Which was super sweet. And I put it on and I was like, holy shit, I love how my face looks now. It was like mm. the best thing ever. It's Sephora's cream lip stain. Oh, and always red. Zero one. one. Yes. An yeah. icon. It is. Yes. And I, I have believe it. thanks to me, but she may. I don't know if that's true. I'm always like, everyone probably heard about it from me. But like, I don't know. That Mary, may not be Mary true. H.K. Choi also recommended it in her episode. It's a it's a living legend because it's also stays on for forever. It stays on for forever. It has avocado oil in it. So it's really like moisturizing. It doesn't do that. A lot of lip stains in the past would get like just like rubbing like something gross on your face and hoping it stayed and they like dry out. So not like that. It feels so nice. And I think it's one of those reds that looks good on everyone too. Mm-hmm. So you- I, I recommend it. I'm not wearing it today. I'm today I'm, we- I'm wearing lipstick that I, um, I was at the Hillary Clinton book signing and um, I was, it took so long. I was there for like seven hours. It was a day. But we like finally were getting really close to Hillary. And so we're like on the staircase at Romans and Huma Abedin came down the stairs and she was like, she's so beautiful. She always has the best lipsticks. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, 
I wish I could talk to her about lipstick. And then the guys in front of her were like, can we get selfies? And took selfies with her. I was like, if they got selfies, I could totally ask her about lipstick. And so I was like, I'm sorry, can I ask you a question? And I'm sure she was like, oh, it's going to be about Anthony Weiner. But it wasn't. It was just me saying she has great lipsticks. And what what was she wearing? And she kind of was like, oh, I don't like she was clearly like, nobody asked her that I felt like was she flummoxed in a positive yes, way or was she in a annoyed? positive way okay. no she was kind of like she's like oh well I have a lot of them I just I switch a lot and I was like okay well you just always have the best red so I was just wondering and she was like oh you're so nice and then she's like well I am wearing you know Burberry military red today Which uh, I love how she knew exactly she knew. What so it was. I was like, she's Actually, one of us she's one of us <laughs> so obviously immediately upon getting home I ordered it and I'm wearing that today. It looks great. It is sort of like the really fancy version of the Sephora one. I think it's a really similar color. It feels even more luxurious. Mm. It like when I put it on, I was like, yeah, this feels expensive. It's really good. Do you remember how much it costs? I think it was around like like thirty-five or forty dollars, which it's not like it's not insane, but it's a, we, a bit much. Uh, yeah. I had a I had a, an experience with a Tom Ford lipstick. Oh. That was very expensive. How much was it again, Dora? It was $58. <sighs> and I didn't know how much it cost until I got to the register. Ugh, I got mine online, which at least I was like, okay, I'm preparing. Right. right. You're mentally yeah. ready. Um, and and I, I was saying to Kate, like, I feel like $35 is like a very expensive but normal expensive lipstick. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and $58 is just like ridiculous. Um, but there is something about like a lipstick that feels luxurious and comes in like a luxurious looking yeah. uh, case. And I was like, I don't know. I'm at the point in my life where like a very fancy, res- respectable person recommended it. Amy, do you identify as a lipstick person? I think I do now. Because that's a thing, right? Like people who are yeah. ultra passionate about lipstick. Yeah, I wasn't. And then it was really weird. It was getting into that lipstick. I felt like totally changed my look for the positive. Because I already dress like this. But then when I added the red lipstick, it just sort of felt like, oh, I'm doing a whole thing. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, but it's very intentional. Have you dyed your hair your whole life? I have dyed my hair since I was like 15 or 16. Yeah. But normally just like red. That's right. Because when I met you, you had red hair. Yeah. And then like shades of red. And then I kind of was like, it kind of got bleached. And then I was growing it out and doing kind of an ombre thing. And then I was doing the edits on this book. Abby has pink hair. And I was like, oh, if only I had pink hair like Abby, then I'd be so happy. I was like, you're just like an adult. You can just get it. Like, there's no reason you can't do it. So I literally like got jealous of a character I created and then like stole her hair. So it's been fun. Isn't that a weird thing about being an adult where you're like, oh, I wish I could do this thing. And then you realize that you can. Yeah. Yeah. Just and you're, do the, it. you're the only person stopping you yeah, from totally. doing it. It's funny, though, because I've had a lot of women, especially women older than me, say like, oh, I wish I could have pink hair. I wish I could get away with that. I'm like, we'll just do it. You can get away with it then. Just yeah. believe it. Yeah. That's the secret to getting away with things mm-hmm. is that you just have to believe things. You just have to do it. I think also, like, because I definitely used to, like, fuck with my hair when I was a kid, like a teen, you know, like, manic panic and, like, really unflattering shades, I'm sure, in retrospect. But I think, like, you can also get away with stuff as an adult if you, like, do it professionally and yeah. it looks, like, really polished because people are sort of like, oh, that's intentional. I guess if even if they don't like it, I think they're like, well, that's a thing I just don't get. It must be fine. Totally. <laughs> and also, who who gives a fuck? Yeah. I mean, I I do feel like it is true when you hear older women being like, once I hit 
a certain age, I just stopped giving a shit. And I, it, that, that feels more true to me than it's ever felt in my life. This was definitely like a post 40 decision too. Yeah. yeah it was definitely like, a, I'm 40 now. Like what, what am I waiting for? Let's right. do it. Just fucking do it. I'm glad you did. It looks amazing. Well, thank yeah, you. It's it really so beautiful. Um, are there any, we talk a lot about products. Are there any must have products in your life that you cannot live without that you want the world to know about? Yes. Let me think. Yes, for sure. If you have pink hair, definitely overtone conditioner, Oh, which has like dye in it. You can, you have to like buy the conditioner for the color hair you have. You can also like, if you have like light color hair, you could just buy the conditioner and use that to dye your hair. But basically pink hair fades every single time you wash it. Like every time. Oh, that's a lot of upkeep. That's so much. So like I try to skip as many washings as I can. I try to condition only. But yeah, overtone like changed everything. Have you ever used the Kristen S line at Target? No, this I don't is even something know that about this. has come up in the Facebook group a couple times. I think she has pink hair dye and then other like hair color. I should check that out. Things. I love overtone, but you can only get it from them through their website. Oh. So it's always like, uh, oh, I got to plan in advance or I'm going to run out. Right, like a two and, week waiting period. Yeah. yeah. And then like to get the free shipping, you have to spend like $75. So then it's like, you a, should check out Kristen. Yeah. I mean, I have not used it, but it, it, it has come up several times in the group. I will so. check that out. Yeah. That sounds great. Um, I love, I've been getting into the Korean skincare line, COSRX. Mm. I'm sure people have been talking about that. Mm-hmm. They're very reasonable. Their uh, sun, like their face sunscreen, which is like their aloe soothing, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I think Tori so has great. that. Yeah, I do. I really like it. Yeah. It's because it's 50 SPF, which I feel mm-hmm. like you never can get for your face, mm-hmm. which I think is weird because like, why, why are they like your body needs more? Your face, which has very sensitive skin and is out every day, needs less. It's like, that makes no sense. No. Yeah. Do you put sunscreen on your hands? I don't. I probably should. We don't either. I don't know. Yeah. There, I, I should do so I much do more I than I do. <laughs> it's hard to remember to do all the things you're supposed to do. It's it is. really true. And I'm not a morning person and I have a day job, which means like, I'm like, ugh, how like little can I get away with? <laughs> but also like I need to put on a full face of makeup because that's what I believe in. So. Oh, wait, tell us about that. You do a full face every day? I do. I don't know. I just think it's because I have... I'm always like, no, my whole look is smoke and mirrors, like nothing. Because people are like, you have great skin. I was like, no, I just buy a lot of products and just like <laughs> pile them on until I trick people. What, how do you, how long does it take in the morning to do a full face of makeup? And what are your like must haves? I start with an, like an essence, like a mm-hmm. COSRX essence. And then I put the sunscreen on top of that. And then I do, um, I do like a matte moisturizer from Origins, Ooh. which was a Nicole Cliff Twitter recommendation. Oh, she's got good racks. She does. And it was, it was definitely worth it because it's sort of, I have really oily skin. So it kind of like calms down the real shininess from the sunscreen. And then I use, um, I do like eye primer and concealer. I use, I'm going to switch powders though, because I just found out MAC isn't cruelty free. So mm. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going on that. We'll find out. That's a really hard, um, I think um, Bare Minerals is cruelty free. That's good to know. I heard yeah. about a local brand that sounds really good too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna Ooh. get some samples and okay. try some stuff out and see where I see where I land. I have so much of the Mac one left. I like bought it fairly recently, so I'm like, I'm, I paid for it. I'm gonna use it up. Yeah, and then... we have recently come to this conclusion that when if like if you're deciding to switch to cruelty free products or whatever, like 
just use up what you yeah. have. Don't waste it. I want to keep enough that I can like actually look at how it looks in the package to like compare to yeah, other ones smart. when I'm shopping. But yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to like throw out like a $35 no. compact. It's, no. I'm not wealthy. Yeah. I mean, we can open this up to listener recommendations. Yes, I'd absolutely has. love to hear that. Yeah. Cruelty-free powder for Amy, comparable to her Mac one. Yeah. I'm very pale and oily. So <laughs> pale and those, oily. Are, those are my problems. <laughs> well, I guess pale is not a problem. Oily is a thing I deal with. Um, and yeah, and I used so you to, need something mattifying. I need something mattifying, but also like, you know, I don't want to look like I'm wearing a full face of makeup. Right. So it also needs to be like really light and breathable. You don't. Your skin just looks like beautiful. That's why I laugh when people are like you have good skin. I'm like, nope, just a lot of products. Strategically, strategically, used. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've got my morning routine down to like 10, 15 minutes for my face. It goes pretty quickly because I get like everything out on the counter in like yeah. an order, and I put it away as I use it. Just, again, because I hate getting up early. So I'd rather work faster in a weird manner <laughs> than, like, get up five minutes earlier. Oh, I love how we all have our systems. I know. Like, I do, too. And when I don't put lipstick on until I get to work, usually, because I end up just, like, somehow getting it, like, yeah. on the car door when I open it and, like, on my sleeves. Like, I don't know. I find it in the weirdest places in my car when I, like, get ready before. <laughs> just It's just dabbled all around. I just find like red streaks all over, like all over my house, <laughs> all over the inside of my car. Like I took a, like an Instagram at work the other day, something on my desk. And I know there's just like a red streak next to it. I'm like, great. Lipstick is hard. It gets lipstick on your hands. Yeah. yeah, it gets a little everywhere. awkward. And when you use lip stain, it's like literally the whole point of it is has staying power. Yeah. <laughs> so you're painting the town red, literally. Literally. Well, Amy, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, where can people find you? I'm all over social media. I'm hard to avoid. Uh, it's just so funny when people are like, oh, I tried to track you down for this. I was like, no, you didn't. You yeah. just didn't try because I'm like always on. Um, on Twitter, I am the Ames, T-H-E-A-M-E-S. On Instagram, for some reason, I'm that Ames, which is very similar but different. It's all right. And then uh, my website's theamyspalding.com. But really, you know, the book's going to be in bookstores all over, hopefully, on Amazon, on barnesandnoble.com, on IndieBound. And so we'll link to wherever. it on our website. And we'll link to it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. Thank yeah. you, Amy. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it, and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay, I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed, they combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with 
all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. I am still reading The Summer of Jordi Perez and I freaking love it. I am so excited to read it. It's so swoony. And I, I, Amy is such a wonderful author in person. And She's I, so great. Yeah, it's such a... It's a I also loved, I love talking to her about, you know, having a day job yeah, and being an artist. And I just think like, that's so powerful. Everything she talked about. I know, man. So. She works hard. That's a lot to balance. She sure does. <sighs> Speaking of balance. Yes. What are our intentions here, Dory? We've got some ones to review. Yeah. So, you know, last week I bought fresh flowers at the farmer's market and I was like, la la la, this is my new thing. And then this week, my Sunday was just for various reasons, just got crazy. And I was not able to purchase fresh flowers at the farmer's market. Okay. So, um, I might try to buy some tomorrow. Now, could you purchase them like at the drugstore? Like, I could. Do, are you feeling really strongly they must be farmer's market flowers? Well, I just, you know, I think it's like I enjoy going to the farmer's market. Yeah, that's a self-care act in itself. It's a self-care act, but I've also learned that when I buy a lot of vegetables at the farmer's market, they tend to go uneaten. Mm-hmm. So buying flowers at the farmer's market is a really nice way to just go to the farmer's market, spend, as I said, $10. Support a local Support business. a local business. And I get fresh flowers on my desk for a week. And you don't have to eat them. And I don't have to eat them. So, um, so yes, I could go to the drugstore, but it, you know, it doesn't feel the same. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful, that's a nice way to spend an hour just going, Thank walking you. around. Kate, Maybe. last week mm. you, uh, you were lamenting the amount of honey that you consume. <laughs> <A> very random, <laughs> random thing. But you know what, Dory? I have made it a week without chugging honey. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How is that going? At first it sucked. Yeah. And now it's okay. And actually like have grown to kind of enjoy my tea with just milk. Isn't that the best? Yeah. Where you're like, oh, did I not need this? Well, I used to put Splenda in everything. Yeah. And then when we did Whole30 for the first time, like two years ago or something, you have to cut out all sugar and artificial sweeteners. Was and it hard? Did you have a like a It headache? was. The first couple of days I had a headache. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, um, because I was like, I was drinking in the morning with my coffee and then I would have like a latte with a Splenda and then I would have like in the afternoon, I have like an iced tea with a Splenda. So like I was eating a lot of Splenda Yeah. Um, and haven't touched the stuff. And I don't, I don't eat sugar. I don't add sugar to anything either. I mean, I will say I love honey. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to cut it out of my life. Sure. 
Um, but it does, it is, it is good to just notice how my body reacts. Um, I'm just trying to pay attention. You know what I mean? Just listen to your body. Just listening to myself. Nothing's permanent. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to keep that up, I think. I love that. And this week, I'm going to remind myself that the thing I am freaking out about is probably not a big deal. Ooh, that's tough. And that's a, a blanket, the thing. Not to not to like be like, oh, that's hard. But no, like, it is. that is like the hardest thing. I I find that I go from like zero to 100 me too. Real fast. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm able to catch myself and like give myself a beat, I'm usually able to like rein it in, but I I often can't. Yeah, it's hard. And it's really hard and and yeah, so I I hope you can do that. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, but that's a great, I love that Once intention. Once I'm faced with the thing, right, am I going to remember that it's not a big deal? Yes, and that's the thing I I, I never remember in the moment. No. Then yeah, it's after, really hard. No, it's so hard. And I find it like, it's in all walks of my life. It's when my kids do something. It's if I'm nervous about something or if I think I've hurt somebody's, you know, I've done something hurtful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean. It, it's easy to spiral. Oh, God just a free ride. Yeah. Yeah. So Dory, this week you are, I am putting my phone away during time with my husband. Oh shit. Yep. That's tough. Time with your husband. Like if you guys are just sitting on the couch or like if you're actively like on a date, uh, kind of both. Okay. Uh, you know, he would often kind of like be like, you're always on your phone, but like, I like I, in my head, I was like, everyone's always on their phone. Like, whatevs and then i realized that it actually like really bothered him yeah and i wasn't like present yeah with him and he was like i can't like i would be like you know because one of the things we've been talking about on our other on my other podcast um that i do with him is that we don't have that many like leisure time pursuits in common Uh And so I was like, well, why don't we watch movies? And he was like, because you're always on your phone. It's not fun to watch movies with you. And and at first I was like offended. And then I was like, "Mm, he's kind of right. So Dory, I've also had to, it drives my husband nuts when I'm on my phone while we watch a movie. Yes. And so I have had to, and it's very hard for me because I like to look everything up on IMDb, Mm. but I've just me like I'll put it in the kitchen and then yep. sit and watch the movie. And you know, it turns out the movie's a lot more enjoyable yeah. without the phone. Yeah. So we did that the other night. What movie did you watch? Well, now we're doing a thing where each week we're going to watch one movie of my choosing. And one week we're going to watch a movie of his choosing. Oh, that's fun. So my choosing was pump up the volume. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a good fucking movie which is such a good movie which by the oh, way so is sexy. not streaming anywhere we had to purchase the dvd on amazon oh my god seriously <laughs> yes was it expensive it was like 20 bucks when he takes off his shirt i mean i, I was still... like oh my god this was this you was my I'm like sexual about, right? awakening too. <laughs> oh because he was a dork but he was I so know. sexy i mean in the movie christian slater was never a dork <laughs> i have to like go watch that now i know that movie titillated well you can't because it's not oh, streaming your dvd yes you can and i you know i i used to own the dvd and i somehow don't own it i didn't own it anymore so we had to buy it but um i put my phone in my room in my office and we watched the movie and i also we've also been going on um 
like nighttime walks with mm, Bo. Those are the best. Like we'll drive to like a really fancy neighborhood. Oh. And take Bo on a long walk. Through like by the big houses of Los Angeles. Of like Hancock Park. Ooh. Um and I left I, I like deliberately <gasps> left my phone at home. Yes. So And it feels weird. It feels it? weird. And then when we were going home, I was like, I want to stop in Larchmont and get ice cream. And Matt was like, okay. And he he's like, I'll drop you off and then I'll circle back. And then, and he dropped me off and then I came out with my ice cream and I was like, oh, I don't have my phone. I don't know where the fuck he is. <laughs> I was just sort of like, huh. All right. <laughs> like yeah. I just was kind of standing there hoping that, and then he walked up. But yeah, there was this moment where I was like, oh. It's weird, right? How yeah. did we used to do this? How did I used to find anyone? I mean, I've had this, these moments where I have thought like, my daughter's at school and I'm like, Oh, I need to remind to tell her, like, remember to tell her this thing. I want to just like, I have this urge to text my daughter. Oh, I've had an urge to text my dog. (laughs) (laughs) How, what, what explain that? Like if he's at school, dog school, dog school, like, you know, give us a doggy daycare and just be like, Hey Bo, how's school? How's it going? Who are you playing with today? (laughs) You really had a legitimate urge to text well, your dog. Well, I mean, kind of. Or if like we're away. Right. I know. You want to like check in. Yeah. You want to be like, hey, Bo, what you doing? <laughs> All right. I think it's time to wrap things up. I don't know. I think we should talk about how you want to text your dog. <laughs> but like also, isn't it funny to think about a dog with a phone? Yes. They, we, they <laughs> would not work for them. No. They'd be like, hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, boy. I'm still so turned on thinking about Christian Slater and pump up the volume. You know, he was very sexy to 13-year-old me. (laughs) I had a shrine to him in my bedroom. I know, he was so... Like a sh- like a shrine, like it was. Weird. I believe you. Yeah, his voice. Well, on that. Okay. Note. Uh, Forever Thirty Five is hosted and produced by Kate Spencer and Dory Shafrier, and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And next week, we are talking to none other than natural beauty expert oh, and makeup artist Jessa Blades. Just all around cool, <gasps> cool gal. Yeah, so you are going to want to tune in and, and leave us Apple Podcast reviews. Yeah, that would be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Second wind has arrived. Now I'm hyper. Woo! <laughs> oh boy.